0: Well, he uh, did a great job. I, I tell you what, I enjoy is I enjoy a young man that we, we were out here playing basketball the other day. I forget what day it was one Wednesday. We were playing, playing basketball. And he was really good. He couldn't beat me, but he was really good. And, uh, you know, but he's a good athlete. And, and you know, you can stand up here. I love it when young men sing, I really do. Uh, and I love it when they sing from the heart, not sing to perform. Uh, that was, that was great. I really appreciate that. And so, um, I would sing for you too, but it wouldn't sound quite the same. I can sing parts. Usually every song I sing just about every part, every, you didn't get that, did you? But I just pass, I pass from one part to the next and, and then go back to melody. And so my girls have been a great encouragement to me my whole life. When we first started making CDs, I would, uh, they would ask me because I've written a few songs. And so the first couple of CDs, they they put each one, you know, they had a song that I'd written. And they wouldn't sing it unless I sang it with them. So I I would go and sing that song. After about the third CD, when they started kind of getting older and learned how to sing, I said, "Uh, you want me to sing with you? And they said, you know, Dad, one male voice with all female voices (laughs) doesn't really sound right. It was a strange thing. As soon as they got husbands, uh, suddenly it sounded right, you know. <laughs> but it's okay because now everybody listens to those CDs and they think my son's-in-law or they think it's me because it's a male voice. And I think, yeah, that's me. So uh, anyway, I'm going to move kind of quickly through this. is a pretty simplistic message, but it's kind of what I do periodically is I like to look at a passage of Scripture. And in that passage of Scripture, I like to look what I call the recipe kind of the recipe that God has for us. And, and what I want to look at here is a little bit of the recipe that God has for fullness of joy. You know, the whole world is looking for joy. Everybody's looking to be happy. Everybody wants, everybody in here. And the and truth is, I want everybody to be happy. I want to be happy. I want everything to be good all the time. Now, God is good all the time, but that's the only thing. Uh, so the truth is, how can you find happiness when... It's not humanly good. Uh, That's the real issue. When things are not going the greatest, uh, can you find happiness? And so uh, I think God shows us a little outline here as to how we can find this fullness of joy. It it begins, and just jump, well, I'm going to have a word of prayer and I'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that you allow me to say quickly what I need to say. There's some other business that needs to be done. But Lord, I pray that you... Would guide me, Spirit of God. I yield myself to Thee, and I ask You, please, please, let me be a blessing and a help to someone. Ask in Jesus' name, Amen. How can we have this fullness of joy? Well, first of all, one, number one, make God my portion, make God my inheritance. You know, if, if I want to have fullness of joy, I got to just point number one. It says right here, the Lord is the portion of my. Inheritance, you know, everybody's looking to get. Uh, when when my mom passed away, I, uh, I went to heaven. I, I had the privilege in 1981 to lead her to Christ, and and so it's a wonderful thing to have that privilege. But but when she did, my daddy gave me this ring. She had given it to him as a, as a wedding ring on the 25th anniversary. They didn't have wedding rings when they got married, and. And uh, eventually mom got him this ring. It's not an expensive ring. It's just little big, tiny chips in there that you can't see. And, and, And so, but he couldn't wear it anymore. And he gave me that because I asked for my inheritance. And it's a long story behind that. But I said, dad, let that ring, just that, let everything else go to my brothers. Let me have that. Let me have that ring. And that is my inheritance, and you know, so many people want that. They want that inheritance. They want their portion. They want to get and get. And the truth is, if you really want joy, you find start to find joy when you say, "You know what? My inheritance is God. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance, and 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 of my cup, Thou maintainest my lot." In 1982, just illustration, try to illustrate. My wife uh, left her home and lived, as I said even this morning she left a, a, a little four bedroom home out in Collierville and, and at the time we lived in a townhouse here in Memphis and I was working a business there and, and we packed up and we left that home and lived in a little one bedroom out of, Attic apartment 24 years later God gave us a, an incredibly beautiful home, and I felt like 24 years later, God gave us this amazingly beautiful home in Crown Point, Indiana, a little a little over an acre of land and wooded, and just a beautiful subdivision, a little part of Tennessee in Indiana. Amen. And there's a very little of Indiana that's anything like Tennessee, but but uh, and I dreamed of that. I dreamed of trees my whole life there. I dreamed of being able to walk out my door and breathe, you know. I dreamed to walk out my door and being able to see something animal other than a neighbor and uh and so uh we finally god gave us that and 24 years later mirac- miraculously gave us a beautiful home in this wooded subdivision and seven years later i moved her out of that home to a 34-foot motor home and i remember saying to her when we were in a. Sitting in that little motor home where you could we couldn't pass by each other. The home we had was a thirty-four hundred square foot home, and we went to a thirty-four foot motor home. And pa- as we were sitting there one day, I just kind of bowed my head and I said, "Baby, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we got your home and now we don't have it anymore." And this is what she said to me. She didn't quote it exactly, but it was real close. Deuteronomy 10, 9, she says, wherefore Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. And that's what she said. She said, Rob, the Lord is our inheritance. The Lord is our inheritance. You know, that brings you incredible joy when you realize I don't have to have things to be happy. We got God. Number two is just in the scripture. Believe God's provision is pleasant and good. Believe what he provides is good. Believe that it's pleasant and good. It says the in verse six, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The The portion that God has given me, He he has boundaries that are good for me. What God has laid out, he said, these lines are falling. What that means is, is that the, the inheritance I was getting, the boundary lines, the, the, the property lines that were drawn up. He said, those things where God put them for me, they're good. They're good. As we serve God, the issue, listen to me, I beg you, if you want joy, you have to understand that the issue with so many people is not that God will provide. It's what he provides. You see, I'm just here to tell you, if you're a child of God, and if you'll just look to God, He will provide for you. Listen, it's up to us to be satisfied with what He provides. Be content with what He provides. He will provide. He will take care of you. Now, what He says, you can also have joy in the way He takes care of you if you find contentment in what He provides. We will never have fullness of joy until we are content with what God does and what he provides in our life. Number three, this bless the Lord for it is his counsel and direction that leads me and guides me. Verse seven says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. Listen, it says, my reins also instruct me in the night season. My reins also instruct me in the night season. Listen, when we trust God's leading and his counsel through his word, we have the ability to have fullness of joy. My reins are my emotions, my mind, my affection. All, when, when those things all lead me the right way during the times of darkness and adversity, that I find fullness of joy in my reins, my emotions, my affections, my desires, lead me the right way when my focus is on God. We tend to get counsel everywhere but from the Word of God. Get it from Oprah and Jerry and Dr. Phil and Mama and peers and friends. When we follow God's counsel and adversity comes, we are not shaken. For the counsel has prepared us for the adversity. When we follow God's counsel, He readies us for whatever's coming. And during a very dark time in my life... I walked and prayed late one night and and i 'm going to try to quote to you what I said to God as I walked and prayed. I actually had come to a point it was in the snow up there, and it had snowed a lot that night, and I was walking in the snow, and the snow was coming down and I came to a a cedar tree there and a cedar tree a pine tree there, and it was covered with snow, and I just dug me a hole and crawled under that pine tree to get out of the wind and out of the snow. And I laid there under that pine tree and I wept and I said, God, I'm a man that's stable, that's steady. You know, there's different types of personality and, and, and I'm what they call a steady guy. I, I just, I like things. I like to be flexible in consistency. Do you understand? I like to have a pattern. I like to know what I'm doing. I like for everything to be kind of rocking along like it's supposed to. And I can flex out of that. And I like that. But all of a sudden, my world was just thrown up in chaos. And I said, Lord, I'm a a man of stability, a man of steadiness. But this is what I said to the Lord, almost the exact words, I believe. But things have been changing, and this has shaken my world because this change I can't deal with. Now, I don't know if this happens to you like this, but it was so clear as like God wrote it in the snow. But God spoke to my heart and said, if I'm your world, it can never be shaken for I never change. And he made me realize I had my eyes on the wrong thing. I had my eyes on what I the world that gave me stability, the job that gave me stability, the surroundings that gave me stability. And God says, you have your eyes on that, and that's going to be in in chaos, and you will be unstable. He says, but focus on me. I never change. I praise the Lord for his guidance, is present in the good times and the bad because he never changes. Number four, God and his word must be my priority of life. He must be my priority of life. And folks, if I can beg you in anything, please make God your priority. Every relationship will suffer if God is not our priority. He said in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. You see what he's saying? He said, the Lord is always before me. You know, if the Lord is always before me, wherever I look, he's there. He's always before me. And then when he says, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know what God's saying? Uh, what he's saying here, he's saying, I put the Lord before me and he is at my right hand. My right hand is my strength. My right hand is my power. The right hand is my authority. God, He says, God is my strength, my power, my authority. When God is our priority, And more, when he is our everything, when we trust God's leading, we follow the steps he has directed and ordered for us, and we find ourselves with the strength to stand whatever we must face, even though things do not go or are not going the way we would choose, this is when we start to find fullness of joy. When God is our everything, when God is our focus, when God is our strength and power, our authority, when he directs our hearts and our decisions. This means you can stand with God in sickness and loss and even suffering. Couple sitting back here, two of them sitting back here together. Both of them deal with this. The Hansons and, 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 the, and, the, and the Cummins uh, sit back here. And, and uh, Brother Foster, not here to, here today, but you, know, these, the, you deal with these, these sicknesses and illnesses, yet I see joy, I see smiles, I see praise, and I hear praise. And, and you know what that, that means? That even in sickness, even in loss, even in suffering, I will not be moved when I keep God both in front of me and beside my right hand. He will lead me and he will strengthen me that I may stand through all adversity. Adversity comes to everyone, but those who have God as their right hand, their authority, their strength, know that they can and they will endure any adversity. And number five, going through this passage of scripture, I must have my hope and and my gladness and my rejoicing must be in goodness and the goodness and sovereignty of God. Verse nine, it says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Well, you know, there's joy when you can rest good. Anybody feel good when you rest good? And when God is in control when he's at your right hand, when he's before you, when 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 your heart is glad in the fact that he is your focus, your direction, when, when you rejoice in him, he says, now you can you can rest in hope. And I'm glad. I rejoice. I have hope for my life and the eternity. The reason I have this hope and I can rejoice and I am glad is because uh, my life, my eternity is in the hands of God. And he has promised that when I am absent from the body, I will be present with the Lord. You know, that gives you some pretty good hope. That's why no matter how much you battle, you can just you can still have a smile on your face. You can still praise the Lord no matter what you're going through because when you're saved and when you... And look, I say this all the time. It's one thing to be saved, and so is by fire, but you won't have a lot of peace. You won't have a lot of joy, but when you have God as your priority, when you have God as your focus, when you have God at your right hand, when you have that, you face that adversity. And listen, it, it, that's, God says now... In the worst of situations, you can have fullness of joy. In verse 6, or or number 6, it says, I must this, I must trust completely in salvation in Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, knowing that in this hope and trust, we will also be resurrected with him. God's salvation, verse 10 says, for thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. God's salvation is shown to me through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Through his salvation, I can be in his presence in the fullness and completeness of joy. And ahead of me is pleasures forevermore. Or well, just knowing that you're saved, knowing that you're trusting. You know, I feel so, so much. You go to talk to these people and you, you walk to the door and, and there's a fellow I talked to Saturday and, and it is a good man, a friendly man, kind man. And he said he studied the Bible from cover to cover. And I said, how, do you know for sure you're going to Ebony's? And he said, you know, I'm 100% sure. I said, good, can tell me how I could be 100% sure. And he said, he said, live a good life. And I said, really? Can I tell you, I tried and i spent probably 15, 20 minutes with him and showed him scripture. But again, what we talked about this morning, his pride won't let him turn loose to the fact that he's got to do it. I I walk away broken hearted in that situation because I know that man tonight lays his head on his pillow. And he doesn't, he can't have peace. He can't have fullness of joy. Well, when I was at Memphis State University up to November the 8th, 1975, every night of my life, I was in turmoil. I was in conflict of mind. I was... I mean it shouldn't happen but I mean guys are dying already guys football players one fella played basketball I could call his name probably people from that era would know him and a big old star basketball player at Memphis State just all of a sudden goes in the hospital some strange illness they don't even I, to this day don't know what happened to him and he, and he died and, and at 19 and 20 years old you start to think man what's going to happen to me and I got baptized when I was 12 years old so I could take that communion juice and I and I and I and I, and I and I, and I went to church some, and, and, I, and I tried to treat people pretty good when I wasn't beating them up. And, uh, and you know, and, and I didn't beat them up any worse than they needed to be beat up. You know, I was kind to them. And so, uh, you know, I just, I wasn't a bad guy as far as the world was concerned. And, and, but boy, every time I tried to lay my head on my pillow and think about my friends who had died. And think about what about me? And I don't even know what heaven is or hell is, really. But something inside me told me clear if heaven was the good place, I wasn't going there. And I couldn't sleep. It's a terrible testimony, but I'd go out night after night just to, so I could come back exhausted and pass out on my bed. Because to lay on my bed and think, I was in turmoil. And room the 8th, 1975, when I knelt down beside my bed with that little Gideon's Bible, I'm telling you, I didn't know everything, but I'm sure glad you just have to come with the faith of a child. Amen. And I can't even explain to you, but that night and since that night, I've never struggled to go to sleep. Amen. And according to sir, when I'm saying in my preaching, some of you don't struggle to go to sleep either. <laughs> I'm glad I can be a blessing to you. <laughs> and man, there's joy. Joy. Fullness of joy. And then he just throws the bonuses and he says, and pleasures forevermore. Now that's pretty good. And number seven. Being yielded completely to God's authority, direction, and power brings us to fullness of joy and peace and pleasures forevermore. Verse 11, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Look what it says, in thy presence And what he's done all these verses before, this has told us how we can be in his presence. He said, keep me before you. Keep me at your right hand. Look to me. Yield to me. Focus on God. It's not in his presence when we go to heaven. It's in his presence. He is present right here, right now, in here with us at this moment. He is present. And thank God He's present, but wait, it's not the matter of whether He's present, it's whether we recognize His presence. And if we recognize His presence, He says, in that presence is fullness of joy. Not just joy, it's full joy. Anybody want to get excited sometime? That's full joy. That means it's just overflowing. It's full It's amazing. And it's not a hard thing. He says in thy presence. So so I gotta find him. I gotta focus on him. You know, they say when you well they taught us, you know, in police academy different things and any time you get with anybody's a hunter, they, they tell you to you know, you don't shoot at the whole deer. I said a deer, you know, because police academy, it wasn't a deer. You don't shoot at the whole man. No, you, you shoot at a certain spot. You draw a tight little bead exactly where you want to hit. And I think that's where God's looking. So much of it, so much of the time, we just kind of say, Oh, I see God. And God says, No. No, He says, I want you to get the scope. And he said, I want you to put your crosshairs right on me. And keep them there. He said, if you do that, everywhere you look, everything you go through, you have to go down these steps. He said, if I'm in front of you, I'm there. It's going to be all right. I'm at your right hand, your power, your strength, your authority to even go through this is right there with you. He said, if you have to go down this path, I'm still there. Yeah, I'm in front of you, I'm your strength, your authority, I'm with you. Whatever you have to go through, you're going to go through it, you're going to make it through it. And look, you don't even worry about it. It is amazing what we stress about when our focus is on ourselves. It's amazing how incredibly we don't stress about it when our focus is on God. And very simply, again, it just comes down to God's... Submit yourself to him. Agree with God. Agree with his word said. It's just a laid out plan, a recipe. That's what I love. I love finding the Bible. God says, I can give you fullness of joy. And all before that, he tells us, here's how you do it. Here's the map. Well, we do it. Our life, our decisions, our goals, our dreams must be all submitted to God's authority, his wisdom, his purpose, his plan. If we both believe and live in such a way as to submit to the sovereignty of God, we then may live in the fullness of joy. You know, God is sovereign. He's all powerful. There's nothing that happens that God didn't know about. There's nothing that happens that God didn't have to allow. He knows it. I don't care what's happening in your life right now, God knows about it. He does. None of us know all of the will of God, but all of us, listen to this, none of us really know all the will of God. I, maybe the single most thing that I pray about is, God, let me do your will. You've ordered my steps. You've directed my steps. Let me please walk those steps. But none of us know all of the will of God like we would like to, but all of us can submit to the will of God we know. And he's revealed a lot to us. But you know, if we just did the things we really know, I mean, we all know we need to talk to him. That's his will that we talk to him. We all need to know that we need to study his word, read his word and, 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 and memorize his word and muse upon his word. We know that, and so... It's just a matter of whether we'll submit to that. We all know that we need to tell others about him. Amen. God commanded us to every one of us to tell others about him. And we all know that we're supposed to love each other. It's amazing. He said that that's right there with love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body and strength. And, and love your neighbor as yourself. Or if we just did that. But I want to say this as I conclude tonight. I I commend this church because as I was going through this, I'll be honest with you, most churches that I've I've been around historically and and every man leader will tell you that normally it's 10% of the people doing 90% of the work. But I don't see that at all here. And I want to thank you. And I want to thank you that, that through even what we look at as adversity and confusion, disruption, this church, like few other churches, it's not 10% doing 90%. Man, it just seems like, man, a lot of folks involved in doing a lot of stuff. A lot of people I believe you don't do that during a time of disruption and adversity except somewhere along the way somebody got their focus on God. So tonight, I want to thank God for each of you and then I want to, I think that we ought to, each of us, thank God for each other. Thank God that we, God allowed us to come to a place, be at a place where, where people care about each other and people care about the lost. I'm still I mean I'm still amazed honestly a church this size to have this many people going out soloing going out visiting going out trying to find people that are lost. Working bus routes it's just amazing. Going to nursing homes just you don't do that I say this and be done. I taught my men for a long long time when you when you serve because somebody's watching, I believe that's you've been under leadership of intimidation. when you serve when nobody's watching, I believe that's love. I believe that's love because Jesus left and he said as When he left, you know, before he left, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he was preparing us for his departure. And those that continued on had to do it. Those that continue to keep his commandments, which serving others, loving others, helping others, that's part of his commandment. They were doing it out of love. Out of love. So I want to commend you. I just want to challenge you. And, And honestly... I just want to thank God for you. I want to thank God for your heart to serve God. I want to thank you for not letting the adversity and the disruption of life, even in this church, keep you or take you away from doing what God called you to do. I'm not sure what the invitation even is tonight. I really, it's more of a lesson, almost more of a Wednesday night lesson, but I just felt impressed today this is what I want it to do it's a recipe for the fullness of joy and I believe that's what God wants us to have he wants his children to have fullness of joy looking forward to the pleasures forevermore I'll pray I believe everybody's pretty much a regular here but I'll say this uh, as always do